Ah, yes. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy football Friday. We only get a couple more of these. And the way things are going right now, depending upon what happens, obviously, tomorrow, we've only got three of these guaranteed the rest of the way here. Though I think uh, Oklahoma rises up, plays well in Morgantown tomorrow. But we, we are getting skinny on this uh, regular season. Oklahoma hitting the road to take on West Virginia. Not that, obviously, it probably matters a whole bunch, but the the history here is kind for Oklahoma. This uh, being a West Virginia team that hasn't been able to beat Oklahoma since they joined the Big 12. Again, I don't know that with with this team, or probably almost in general, history matters a whole heck of a lot. But for you, for I, for Sooner fans, it's a little bit of a comfort perhaps, right? A little bit of a comfort that, okay, there's been some some thrillers up in Morgantown, and each and every time Oklahoma has come out on, on the right end of the equation. And they, they need to win this week, right? N- none of us would have uh, – well, most of us, I shouldn't say. Some of you out there maybe on a Friday that are hate listening to the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans – Good morning to you as well, uh, our haters out there. Josh Elmer with Connor Pasby. We call this the Plank Show. Good morning to you if uh, this is your first time listening. Some of you maybe, right? It's the minority, but some of you perhaps could have uh, envisioned this coming with Oklahoma. I don't think many, though. I think most of us thought that this was an Oklahoma team that in year one of the Brent Venables era would, uh, if not completely turn that corner, that defensively you'd be maybe more sound than in years past and that's uh, obviously been the biggest disappointment for the Sooners they've uh, they've taken a step backwards defensively so is that the personnel is that the installation of this we can we can play the Danny Stutzman thing again this morning and and dissect that uh, for the umpteenth time. I actually thought, you know, the first clip we played of Danny Stutzman yesterday, that's the clip that I want to revisit, not the one that has uh, created a little bit of uh, unrest in Sooner Nation. I want to replay the the other longer clip from Danny Stutzman where there's maybe some positivity to be gleaned from it, not frustration over the, well, maybe a – Poorly timed joke from Danny Stutzman about being one foot this way or one foot that way and uh, a perceived lack of understanding of the details for Oklahoma. But, hey, this is what we were hoping, right, was that details would get corrected for Oklahoma defensively. And if the uh, record wasn't perfect for Oklahoma and this wasn't the team that some thought could go win a Big 12 championship, reclaim uh, that that perch atop this conference, you know, before last season, you'd won this thing six years in a row. If it wasn't quite to that point that there would be clear signs of improvement defensively for Oklahoma. Instead, where do we find ourselves? We find Oklahoma two and four in the big 12, five and four overall. And it's, it's been the defense, not the offense, familiar problem for Oklahoma, but uh, it's been the defense, not the offense that has had the majority, not all, but the majority of the pitfalls. And, of course, that's frustrating because, again, you had stock in the idea that a lot of the the little 
nooks and crannies could get cleaned up for Oklahoma simply based on the expertise of, of Brent Venables and, you know, other members of this defensive coaching staff. Has not, to date, played out that way outside of, uh, well, first couple of games, trip to Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, versus a bad offense in Iowa State. But there is there is hope yet, right, for these final three games. It's amazing. I've said it a couple of times this week that there's there's just no tonic like winning. So if Oklahoma can go to Morgantown, play well, turn around, and make it a year where you don't get skunked by your rivals in, in okay, I hear you, Bedlam, not a rivalry. Before those texts come flying in, Josh, Bedlam, not a rivalry. Okay, if you cannot get skunked by Texas and Oklahoma State, go on the road, play well again, and win at Texas Tech in this season with a bowl win. Then all of a sudden, everybody, big sigh of relief. You finish 9-4, and four, and suddenly it doesn't feel like the sky's quite falling the way that maybe it does right now sitting at 5-4, and four, just a skosh above 500, and having essentially, essentially lost to everybody that's good in the Big 12 Conference, right? I mean, that's one of the alarming pieces of the puzzle, too, is you lost to K-State, you got blown out by TCU, the Texas game. Hey, you lost the game, throw it out, I get all that. But then you turn around, you lose to Baylor, who looks like they're tracking potentially if they went out, they would get into, into the Big 12 championship game. So basically, again, everybody that's any good in the Big 12, Oklahoma has lost to. All of that being said, Win these final three, win a bowl game, and suddenly, uh, again, the sky's not totally falling. But that starts this week with just avoiding a complete calamity versus West Virginia. Oklahoma should win this game. With as many problems as Oklahoma's got, Oklahoma is better than West Virginia. Oklahoma offensively is good enough to go win this game the way that they've won other games versus West Virginia, which is offense takes care of the football. We don't see the three turnovers, three interceptions that we saw versus Baylor last week. Oklahoma just rolls offensively, goes out, handles its business, and can outscore West Virginia. That's possible tomorrow for OU. Naturally, you'd like to maybe avoid that route a little bit, play some complimentary football. Man, that's one thing you hear that that buzz phrase, right? Everybody, complimentary football, complimentary football. You always hear that. With this team, it really is true, though, let's do this coming up next. Let's take a peek at last week's drive chart, just offensively and defensively, and look at when maybe something positive happened for the defense or something positive happened for the Oklahoma offense. Did they follow it up on the subsequent drive offensively or defensively? And the answer, by and large, like it's been throughout a lot of these games this season versus the better competition is, no, Oklahoma did not play complimentary football. So when you get down to the crux of what Oklahoma's biggest problems are, obviously the the low-hanging fruit, the no-duh is defensively. They can't stop the run. Defensively across the board, this team has been mostly a failure, right? They've had a ton of problems defensively. Larger than that, or maybe not larger than that, maybe not larger than that in addition to that, to not totally let the offense off the hook, this team just does not typically string stretches of games together where both offensively and defensively good things are happening at the same time. 
It's tough to win versus good teams when that's the case. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday, Josh. Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby with you. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, made it through the week. Uh, getting ready for some high school football tonight and gear up for a good college football slate tomorrow. And it's going to be a, a great college football slate. Where are you at with Oklahoma, West Virginia, just right off the top? Obviously, we got a ton of other games we can get into. TCU, Texas, massive implications in the Big 12. There's some other games nationally, too, that uh, hold a lot of intrigue this weekend. But for, for Oklahoma, optimism meter heading into tomorrow morning. Uh, it's a you know different morning in Morgantown where this is uh, a morning game. A lot of times these have been kind of primetime night games out in West Virginia, but this one will not be. I think not the worst news for Oklahoma, but how do you feel about it? Are you optimistic? Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, it's a West Virginia team that really plays good at home. I think Teddy mentioned uh, they're the best offense while playing at home. They put up a lot of points. Only one loss came to Kansas early in the year, but I feel a lot better. I think OU will take care of business Saturday. I mean, all three of these remaining games, they're winnable games, and that starts this Saturday. It's a lot better being a daytime game in Morgantown. The crowd won't be as juiced. So I, I feel confident in OU taking care of business Saturday. Why do you feel confident? Uh, I think West Virginia's offense is not as great as Baylor. They're not going to be able to run the ball as much as Baylor did. And I think they'll limit, OU will limit the turnovers. And I think – West Virginia will have a hard time stopping OU's offense. I think they'll put up enough points and get enough stops in Morgantown. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it, too. And you, can't, you can't have those turnovers like you did against Baylor. I, I shouldn't though. say I feel pretty good about it. I think OU's going to win. I think there'll be a lot of points both ways, and Oklahoma will find a way to leave Morgantown a winner simply because I think West Virginia is one of the worst teams in this conference. Not that Oklahoma has just some serious separation, by the way, from the bottom of this league in either Iowa State or West Virginia. And the fact that it is in Morgantown, and to Teddy's point, yes. I mean, this West Virginia team, it's night and day difference. Who they are at West Virginia versus when, when they take uh, their party on the road. Totally, totally different West Virginia team. So that part, I don't know if it scares you, but you got to be on red alert to it. A little bit that, hey, if you think this is the West Virginia team that got rolled up on by Texas Tech or that got handled last week by Iowa State and Ames, no. You're getting the West Virginia team that beat the Baylor team that you played last week in Morgantown. That's the West Virginia that you need to expect this weekend. Ultimately, I just think this is a losing program in West Virginia right now. And I'm hoping, I'm hopeful, right, that we're going to see from Oklahoma an OU team that is hungry, really needs this football game, I want to see a desperate Oklahoma on both sides of the football because there is at least this hope out there. Now, we could sit and kind of look at every game and say, hey, I, I don't know if I'm super confident for West Virginia this week. I don't know if I'm super confident for Oklahoma State and Bedlam next week. I don't know if I'm super confident for the road trip to Lubbock. The The – other positive glass half full way to look at it is, man, Oklahoma's playing a couple of teams the rest of the way. In Oklahoma State, we'll see about Spitzer Sanders' situation for Bedlam. 
Oklahoma State clearly is not the Oklahoma State that we thought Oklahoma State was to start this season, right? And, and if Sanders can't go, then you have to win that game because Oklahoma State, they might be the worst team in the Big 12. Minus and and that's, an, that's an Oklahoma State defense that is also having trouble getting off the field and getting stops. That defense has been pretty brutal in their recent losses. Then you got a Texas Tech team who's also dealing with quarterback issues just like Oklahoma State. So all, all three of these Remaining games are are winnable for OU. Well, and that's the optimistic side, right, is the Kansas State's, TCU's, Texas's, and Baylor's of the world, they're done. You've played that portion of the schedule. And maybe Oklahoma's bad enough that it just doesn't even matter, right? But the optimistic point of view would be, okay, chance to get get right, look a little bit more like the Oklahoma team that we saw versus Iowa State versus each of these final three. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Oklahoma State, if Sanders is healthy, that'll be a challenge uh, for Bedlam. But West Virginia and Tech, you got to beat these two. You got to beat them. We are underway. It's a Friday. We can dive through some of the game notes, Oklahoma and West Virginia. Let's hear again one final time this week from both Brent Venables, Neil Brown. Uh, Promise to look at the drive chart as well. And want to hear from you. I see Darla is hanging on on the phone lines. Darla, hang tight. We'll get to you. Right out of the top of uh, this first break on the show, Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby, it's the Plank Show. Happy Football Friday, everybody. We got a hoops doubleheader today, so life is good, right, in the Sooner Nation. We got all sorts of sports, and we've got a full KRefSports.TV high school playoff lineup we need to run down with you as well. So high school playoff football, hey, if you've got some burning takes there, I know people uh, last week were pretty fired up to talk a little uh, Bixby and Jinx was kind of kind of pleased kind of pleased to see that to uh to see that people were fired up to talk a little high school football so if you've got some thoughts on any of that anything it's a football friday baby and it's open to you we'll do uh, all of that live with you next it's the plank show rolling along chris plank by the way i guess i should tell you this off the top too he will be on the program today he'll join us in hour number two i forget what he's got going on this morning but you know, it's Chris Plank. You got a million things going on. He once he us. once he gets to the airport, I think he's getting on. There you go. Traveling traveling to the airport. I didn't know if it was travel related. I couldn't remember if it was that or he's uh, I don't know, finishing up this interview or that interview. Who knows? But Chris Plank will be alongside in hour number two. Just underway, it's the Plank Show. Sooners gotta get a dub at West Virginia, talking that all morning long, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Back with you after this. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Plank Show. He, ladies and gentlemen, is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer. Good morning. Plank Show on a football Friday. Can't wait. Can't wait. Going to be a fun weekend of football. Sooners, I I don't know, would you say desperate? Feels like every week. Every week we're desperate for a win, right? But, I mean, obviously when you're 5-4, and that gets uh, ramped up a little bit. Oklahoma, I mean, if they lose this week, then all of a sudden, you know, Bedlam, we'll see about Sanders. But, I mean, lose this week and all of a sudden lose an ounce on the table and five and sevens on the table, which would be a massive, massive disappointment. I don't think that's how it plays out, though. I'm expecting, I'm expecting, if nothing else, a strong, strong offensive day from Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma. Big day from Mims. Who knows? Maybe this is the week we see uh, Theo Weiss make an appearance That's again. what we're waiting on. That's what I've been waiting on for quite a while now. We saw it 
a little glimpse of it in that Kansas game where he had that touchdown catch. But yeah, I want to see more of getting Mim- or getting Theo Weiss the ball. One target, one grab last week, four yards. Theo Weiss is that not amazing? That is, uh, I'm shocked by that. Is he healthy? What's going on? I, with I don't know. I, it's it's just very odd. I mean, every now or he's coming off the injury. That one year against Florida in the bowl game, he just went off. Oh, he was awesome. But, man, ever since that, they just not many targets going his way. Yeah, I I don't get that at all, why it hasn't clicked uh, for him, either with Jeff Lebby in this offense or Dylan Gabriel. I mean, go back to the – and, look, probably you could find – 25 different off-season conversations and say, well, Josh, you're an idiot. Why, why would you or Plank or Steelman or Parker Thune or Tyler or Teddy, any of you dorks, Toby, TJ, everything you guys said in the off-season was wrong about this football team. Okay, maybe. We'll take all the blame. <laughs> Connor, you're not off the hook either. You said no, a lot I'm of bad not. things in the I'm off-season. Too. And, and, you know, hey, there's probably a – level of truth to that but one of the things I felt really confident about was that Theo Weiss was going to be a difference maker for Oklahoma and this football team and so far that's just not been the case not been the case early on it was hey where the heck is Jalil Farouk at and then he sort of found his footing and taken off a little bit probably uh, some would say they'd still like to see a little bit more from uh, Jalil Farouk but at least he's Somewhat involved, right? Three grabs, five targets last week, 39 yards. Has had some other performances that are better than that. Theo Weiss, it's just been, I don't know, strange. Strange why he has not had a better season. So, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just coming off the injury and being 100% healthy coming into this season, we just thought he would be involved in the mix at the receiver spot right behind Mims, but that just hasn't been the case. It's been Mims and a little bit of Farouk and – Stoops, that's about it. Just nothing going Theo Weiss's way. So, just to illustrate, and I see you, Darla. I see you, Bill. We'll get right to the phone lines here in just a moment. Just since I promised this, I I wanted to run down some of it. So, the complimentary football factor, right? Listen to this. This is, uh, and not that it's all bad, but it's largely probably not exactly what you'd like. Last week, Oklahoma opens... 10 plays, 75-yard touchdown drive, right? Yep. Great start. What happens? Baylor comes right back, 11 plays, 63-yard touchdown drive. Okay, Oklahoma gets the football back. Offense, can they keep it rolling? No. They, they throw the interception. Baylor, quick touchdown. OU responds. Next drive was a 63-yard touchdown pass to Mims. And then uh, they get a stop. They, they force a punt. And what happens? Oklahoma interception, right? Field goal for Baylor. Downs on the next possession for Oklahoma. Baylor touchdown. So you, you get the pattern here, right? Baylor doing better, turning turnovers into points, turning stops into complimentary points. Oklahoma did respond with a touchdown. Uh, Baylor, that uh, interception, Oklahoma interception. So on and on and on. We could do that. Kind of all day. Just inconsistent. And when the defense did get stops, he gave it right to Baylor, where that was the interception you had. You had Bowman pick it off, and then a few plays later, Gabriel throws an interception. The defense wasn't great that day, but 
you also weren't really helping them out that much. Well, and how about this stretch, right? Oklahoma, on what would have been its second possession of the second half, scores a touchdown, gets the Baylor punt, and then obviously uh, that, that drive doesn't wind. Next Oklahoma drive doesn't wind up in points. Baylor scores a touchdown, and ultimately that's kind of all she wrote. Just That's something that this week versus West Virginia, I'd like to see when we go back and one by one go through the drive charts – just see that Oklahoma either offensively on a serious roll throughout the game or touchdown, punt, field goal. Offense, defense, offense, working in concession with one another. Or punt, field goal, field goal, right? Force a punt, get a field goal, only allow a field goal. Stiffen up in the red zone. Haven't seen enough complimentary football from Oklahoma. Turnovers obvious. They got to be better there. Yeah, and they got to get better in the red zone defense too. I don't know what their numbers is and where they rank in FBS, but it feels like every time a team gets in the red zone, they're capitalizing it off with a touchdown. You're not really holding them to field goals that much. I can find that number for you if you would let's like. Do that. Before we do that, though, because they have been patient, let's go to the phone lines before we take uh, second TO of hour number one. Darla, you are. On the Ref Radio Network, happy Friday to you. Thank you. I just wondered, I mean, I, I'm just wondering all season if Brent's hired the wrong, the wrong coaches for this team. I think that's going also, to be something that will get uh, examined, right, once we get into the off season. I don't know that Brent Venables is someone that midseason would look to make a change, yeah. and especially in year one. Right to to make that kind yeah. of a move. Yeah, I, I, understand that, I don't think a lot of people though, Darla, would have been upset if Ted Roof was. Let, let's just let's just say the name that you're thinking that others are thinking. If Ted Roof had been let go a month ago, I don't think it would have upset a lot of people in Sooner Nation. But I don't think that that's the direction that Brent Venables in Oklahoma want to go. Right to basically say in year one. Five games in, whatever it would have been a month ago, four games right, in. That, yeah, the, hey, we got this wrong. We're making a change. And and who decommitted earlier in Toby's show? They said somebody decommitted. Did uh, Anthony Evans decommit? There was or there was, there was Vosick? Ta- uh, yeah, there was talk about him uh, flipping to Georgia. Anthony yeah, Evans. There was uh, on three wrote a story, or was there a new prediction that came down? the The thought is that Anthony Evans, the wide receiver could be potentially the next commit that decommits from Oklahoma. Now, what I looked at this morning from 24-7 Sports and Rivals, that would be, you know, 24-7 Sports would be our man Parker Thune, and Rivals would be uh, some of the other Oklahoma reporter guys out there. I've not seen them flipping their predictions yet, though that had sort of been talked about or thought about a little bit that, Oklahoma fans needed to be on guard for that because Anthony Evans, what, did go to the Georgia-Tennessee game recently, and initially a lot of people kind of thought that Anthony Evans probably was a lean to Georgia to begin with. So it was, uh, it was, uh, I don't know, surprising to some that he ever committed to Oklahoma. That was a big recruiting win. So hopefully, though, that hopefully, hopefully he sticks. Right. Well, thank you for your answering my questions. I just. I'm just so every time we lose, it's just hard for me to listen to sports all week. Even oh, I didn't. well, hopefully we get uh, good news this week. Hopefully Oklahoma <laughs> plays well. Okay, 
No more losses. No more losses. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you win and turn that around. There you I go, hope. Darla. Hey, have a good weekend. Right. Appreciate it. And rolling through the phone lines before we take another T.O. Bill, let's uh, get Bill in here quickly. Bill, what's up, man? Good morning. Not much. I think they can beat West Virginia, but I think uh, somebody on your uh, radio station said earlier, it might be shootouts to the end of this year. Well, I would, I would probably mentally prepare yourself for that. If you're an Oklahoma I fan am, and I'm, you think that OU, who knows, right? I mean, football's weird sometimes, but – the safe bet and what you're going to see the odds makers thinking and most people in the know thinking, as they should, is that Oklahoma probably going to have to win some games the rest of the way where they outscore people. They're going because this defense just isn't. I don't know. You know, I think Riley ran because he saw what was coming. I think he saw the what writing was on the wall here. Yeah, with the well, hit that he brought in. Yeah, there's going to be more and more people that feel that way uh you know just based on obviously the way this season has played out that maybe both he and Grinch kind of thought yeah you know let's get out while the getting's good because I think he would if they would have been here this year and they were at this state I think they there would be somebody screaming for his head yeah 111th nationally in total defense right now for Oklahoma by the way and uh, scoring defense, I don't think, is uh, a whole heck of a lot better. No. But i say one thing. What goes around comes around. Wait till he goes to the Big Ten and he has to play some of the big boys. That's right. He's coming. Yep. As soon as he has to make that trip up to Kinnick Stadium, look out. Well, even Penn State and Wisconsin, they play defense. He's not going to have no patty cake walk. Well, and that'll be interesting to watch – I know that we're sort of eagle-eyed on USC, and hey, I get it. I'm Count me as the ringleader of the would love to see Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch and USC just totally house of cards fail, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. I would love to see that. But I will be just generally curious with both USC and UCLA, what does mid-November football look like for those two? trying to make that trip to Iowa, to Wisconsin, to Ohio State, to Michigan. Uh, and, and maybe Ohio State and Michigan are bad examples. The Michigan states of the world, right? I mean, gosh, it's just going to be so weird seeing those two programs make those types of trips. And do they do they have to recruit? You know, do they have to mix up their recruiting plan a little bit to not only bring California kids in, do you go try and find some more Ohio kids and Michigan kids? Because those guys – Hey, they're used to playing some of those October-November games up there where it's going to be cold and not a ton of fun for some of the California kids that aren't used to playing in that type of weather condition. Well, if you go back and look at them in the Pac-12 this year, count up how many games they could have possibly lost if the teams hadn't played poorly against them. Oregon State probably should have beat them. Yeah, Yeah, you had the the Oregon State – quarterback throw what was it four interceptions josh a few of them in the fourth quarter that were really costly oregon state oregon state had plenty of chances to win that game and well look how they struggled against what was it arizona state this past weekend they just very got by arizona state which is not a very good team so i'm with you his day's coming his day's coming it might be a year or two 
But here's days coming. Well, you're going to see USC probably be Oklahoma from the last several years, right? Caleb Williams masks a lot of problems. The uh, Addisons of the world, Mario Williams, when you've got talented offensive weapons, uh, the the die kid, right, from uh, Oregon. They cover, up a, they cover up a lot of defensive deficiencies. Well, and, hey, I'll give them at least credit on this. You know, one thing they've been great at is the Alex Grinch mantra this year. They have been turning people over. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, generally speaking, I don't I don't know that turnovers, you know, the there's a certain level of turnovers, amount of turnovers that I don't know is sustainable. I think you can be a really good turnover program, right? I think that you can be a team that – a program that turns people over with regularity – I don't know that every season you're going to get 25-plus turnovers, right? So when you start talking about those kind of numbers, I don't expect necessarily that to continue every year for USC. So, But, hey, we're not focused about USC this week, and we, didn't, we need a win at West oh, Virginia. I, I think we're going to win out, but it's going to be – I think it's going to be a shiv out because the defense just isn't that, isn't that good. Yeah, well – I think uh, you're probably right on the money. Hey, uh, Bill, have a good weekend, man. Enjoy the All football. Right. Hopefully the Sooners get you a big dub. We got a ton of responses on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, somebody's upset that folks want to see Roof gone, and they would like submissions for if Roof was replaced. Then, uh, hey, if you're going to say, I want to see Roof replaced, then who do you want him replaced with? So we can – Kick that around this morning. Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's all yours. 405-651-3439. Let's get organized this break, too. I know that, obviously, you've got playoff responsibilities tonight, Connor. I'm heading out with uh, Westmore to handle that broadcast for us with KRefSports.tv. Let's get organized and share with the people what they can tune into tonight, high school playoff-wise. Next, it's the Plank Show just underway. Hour number one right here, home of Sooner fans. Back with you. Happy Friday, everybody. A football Friday. Okay, so here's our playoff schedule. Looks like this on krefsports.tv. Big night of the postseason high school playoffs. Can you believe it? Underway tonight in the great state of Oklahoma. It's a fun time of the year. Uh, not that every week's not special, but obviously the playoffs a little bit different, baby. It gets cranked up tonight. We've got for you on krefsports.tv, Broken Arrow playing host to Norman, uh, Owasso playing host to Westmore, Edmund Memorial versus Enid, and Edmund North traveling to Jinx. So all of those games, krefsports.tv. Should be fun tonight. And I get to call Westmore over at Owasso. Connor, you're uh, traveling out east as well. Norman at Broken Arrow. Norman's played, save for what the uh, the Moore game, which now you go back and you look at it, and it's like I don't know what happened that night versus Moore for Norman and the Mustang game. But outside of that, every game's been close for Norman. So how you feeling? Tigers got a chance tonight versus the Tigers. I think they do a little bit. Yeah, I think they'll hang in the game till the fourth quarter. They've been in a lot of close games this year. Last week against Owasso. Kind of game, came down the wire a little bit. They were in the game. So I think they have a chance tonight. They just they got to stop turning the ball over. That's been their key issue, and uh, penalties have been big for them. But I think they got a shot tonight. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. You want some uh, interesting game notes? Let's hear it. Well, and I guess I'll let you be the judge. You tell me if these are interesting at all, okay? You can eh, if it's the stupidest thing you've heard. 
Oklahoma trying for its 10th consecutive win over West Virginia when it takes on the Mountaineers Saturday at 11 a.m. That's impressive. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Especially a lot of close games between the Sooners and Mountaineers, and they have gone OU's way. Do you, by any chance, remember the bowl game versus West Virginia, or was that kind of like... No, uh, I do I do remember it a little bit, the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the Disaster yes, Bowl. Yes, that was, that was terrible. I remember who was that offensive lineman, or was the offensive or defensive lineman for West Virginia that had eye black like literally all over his face and he was he had a great night against OU for sure but yeah I remember a little bit of that game 48 to 28 on January 2nd of 2007 or would that have been would that have been uh I guess that would have been 2008 when the game was played is that right well whatever 2007 season 48 28 and that probably did not uh, that score does not do that game justice? By the way, as somebody on the text line immediately says, Pat White smoked the Sooners that night. Yes, it was uh, it was not a fun night for OU fans. That's the that's the last time though that West that's Virginia. That's the had, last time that OU yeah, lost West Virginia. That's right. Yeah, because uh, then you hadn't seen them until they joined the Big Twelve Conference in 2012, and Oklahoma's beaten them every single game since. And here's a here's an interesting note for you. Oklahoma, it'll be the first first time in its series against West Virginia where OU's not ranked in the AP poll uh, at kickoff. Sooners were ranked in each of the first thirteen meetings, which included nine top ten rankings, seven top five rankings. Oklahoma's average ranking uh, in the Associated Press poll when facing West Virginia has been number seven. Obviously, ain't not going to be the case uh, tomorrow. And you look at a few close games going back to 2014 where we saw Samaj Pirine really light it up that night. Now, that was a great night in Morgantown with Trevor Knight and Samaj Pirine, but I think after that game is when that season started going downhill. Though. <laughs> okay, let's look here. An updated Lee Sterling, by the way, going to be joining us from Paramount Sports to share – His thoughts on all of the big games here in just a moment. So real quick before we do that, what is the updated look at some of the numbers for this Oklahoma game at West Virginia? Oklahoma, 8.5 spread. Sooners favored by 8.5. Over under 68.5, okay? This is of note. You know why? Bet the over. The four Oklahoma-West Virginia all-time meetings in Morgantown, the contest, again, all Oklahoma wins – have yielded 376 total points or 94 combined points per game. 94 combined points per game in the four Oklahoma-West Virginia meetings in Morgantown. What was that game? Is it 2017 with Kyler Murray? Or was that? No, it was 18. Uh... Both defenses just couldn't stop each other. OU had 59-56 in yes. 18. Yeah. OU had two touchdowns and did from Oklahoma, the defense. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Oklahoma had that big big score where they rack up over 600 yards, had two touchdowns on defense and they only won by 3. And what was West Virginia upset about that somebody had stepped out of bounds and came back in or I, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I don't I don't quite remember. Or, or there was 
the the penalty where they had blocked out of bounds, right? Did that wipe a West Virginia touchdown out? And then the defensive touchdown came the next play. There yes, was something there was yes. something they were upset about. Yes, At any that, rate, yep. let's hope that happens again. We need history to repeat itself in that regard. Uh, final timeout, hour number one, Lee Sterling to get a set on all the big games next in college football on the home of Sooner fans. No time to waste. We welcome in the professional, our buddy, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com. 11 of 13 weeks since the preseason, they have been Winners. We had Locktober in October. Where are we at in November, Lee? Good morning, by the way. November. November. <laughs> November. Not November. We call it November. And then once we get into December, double down December. I love it. All right, let's roll through these games, Lee. Good morning to you, yep. my friend. Texas, uh, big game in the Big 12. Huge game this week in the Big 12. Yep. Texas by seven over TCU. Horns and Frogs. What do you think? I think this line should be three. I mean, I just think it's too much. I think Texas got a break last week. Uh, they did get the bye week to prepare and heal up for Kansas State. And then Kansas State did them a solid. They're like, oh, we're not going to start Will Howard, who's red hot. We're going to start Adrian Martinez. Um, so that helped them out here. Uh, they've looked great in the first half, last couple games. But Steve Sarkeesian's play calling second half has been atrocious the last two games. They've been outscored 38-6. to On the other hand, TCU, boy, do they come back strong if they're behind the last four games in the fourth quarter. They've outscored opponents 55-14. to They're 6-2 and against the spread the last eight times playing Texas here. Wrong team favored. TCU outright 41-38. I love that. That's my upset special this week. So thank you very much, Lee. Appreciate that. Good news. Iowa State by a point over Oklahoma State. Uh, man, feels like the Cowboys are in a little bit of a free fall here. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And and if I was him, how do you start Spencer Sanders? If he's not 100%, do you let him get beat up? I mean, you're not really playing any, for anything at this point in the season here. I think the bottom's just absolutely dropped out. They've been outscored 85-16 to 16 the last two games, nine turnovers in the last three games here. The Cyclones, finally, they've been close, finally put it together. And what do we know about this program? Once they put it together, they can go on a four- or five-game roll here. I'm going to roll roll with them. I think the motivation's all there. I think Iowa State wins this game, thirty-four to twenty. History has been kindly to Oklahoma in Morgantown, just versus West Virginia in, in general. Oklahoma by eight over West Virginia. What do you think, Sooners Mountaineers? Are, are they really good at dodging trash cans being thrown on them when they come out of the locker room? <laughs> they might need to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I went to a Miami game up there one time. They were throwing trash cans. You know, when they used to put the metal trash cans in the aisles, they were throwing metal trash cans on the Miami players. So uh, tough play sometimes, tough fans. But uh, JT Daniels has had some good moments and some really bad moments. Last week, 8 for 22 for 81 yards, one touchdown and one interception. That was against Iowa State here. Uh, I think uh, this team is in a free fall also. Uh Defense, they just can't do it. The back seven can't make plays in space here. I think Dylan Gabriel has a big game here, 44-28. I love it. That would be uh, important for Sooner fans. Dallas, uh, a game that probably ahead of the season, a bunch of people would have thought this could be one of the NFL games of the year. Unfortunately, Green Bay just hadn't really done its part for that. But Dallas, the Cowboys, favored by five over the Green Bay Packers. So here's what's crazy. This line opened up at two and a half. 
And usually to go through three points, it usually stops for a while. It went through three, three and a half, and has moved all the way up to four and a half, five points now. And I think for good reason. Uh, Green Bay, I mean, you watch Aaron Rodgers. Three of his interceptions were just bad, bad decisions on his part. I think he's disinterested here. Cowboys are going to come after him with a league-high 33 sacks in eight games. Micah Parsons will be all over. On the other side, the Packers have injured Rashawn Gary. He's done for the year. Their best pass rusher. Even their, their rush defense, I mean, 26 in the league, and their special teams have been horrendous. I like Dallas by double digits, 30-17. to 17. Yeah, it's hard not to like them right now, and really just more than anything, just to dislike Green Bay. Uh, how can yeah. folks get your game of the week, Lee, Baylor and Kansas State? All they need to do is call 800-400-9741. We'll give it to them for free. Should be a really interesting game. I think I can put them on the right side of Baylor and Kansas State. 800-400-9741, and they don't need to sign up for the season or even a month. How about this? If you haven't been with us yet this year, or for some reason if you dropped off during this 11 out of 13-week winning streak, you can get seven games on Saturday, $77, or five in the NFL on Sunday, just $55. We have not had a losing NFL Sunday yet. So they're in the instant download. So when you purchase them, window pops open, all your games, you're ready to go. You don't have to call back Saturday and Sunday morning. Just one place, ParamountSports.com. Lee, appreciate you. Enjoy the football, man. Okay, thanks, Chris. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Hour two's next.